Hello and welcome along to the Friday night show. I hope that we're live. Hey, I, this, this is the first time, as I say, it's the first time I've had the reins fully. So I hope, I, I think it's live. Um, anybody in the comments, if, if we're live, tell us, but I think we are. Um, but I'm joined tonight by uh, Jed and James. How are we doing, boys? All good, all good. Yeah, good. Well, I think we're all good. a bit happier at the moment, so... Uh, aye. aye, there's a few things happening, uh, or has happened today, that uh, might put a sort of brighter picture on the horizon, but we'll get into that shortly, but um, first of all, <coughs> I'll just uh, let you see what's coming up in the show, um, so just bear with, uh, I think it's that. was a production by our very own William Dobbin. Uh, that's coming up in the show, obviously, but there's a couple of other things, obviously, the announcement today. Um, um, Mark Lowell and, uh, what's the boy's name? Dudgeon? Can't even uh, mind his Joe, name. Joe Dudgeon. Joe Dudgeon. Um, obviously, they've announced the resignation, etc. We'll get into that. Um, but I'll just come to the comments. Just bear with me again, just to make sure I've got this right. Uh, who's in the comments? We've got Monty, Evening, Paul McFarlane. <laughs> Hi, I'm the <laughs> Monty saying Evening. Paul McFarlane is saying something that is a private joke for Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But aye, we'll get into all that in a wee minute. Um, but first of all, I just want to touch on the Super Six. Uh, now, bear with me. <laughs> this is this is all new to me, Roscoe. <laughs> Super Six updated table. Uh, so it was around on Wednesday night. Um, I think Alistair Jack had been at the top previously, but he's lost his spot, maybe, uh, to Mark Robertson, who's in 3-4-9. Uh, and then Alistair in second. Joe Finlay in third. Stephen Coulter in fourth. Ryan Taylor fifth. Kieran Gilhooley is six. Kevin Hampsey seven. Anthony Dunn, our very own, eight. James Bowie, nine. And Franny just clinging on to the top ten there and no more. Uh, on 312 um, but aye uh, there's a, another round of that coming up tomorrow so get your picks in for that uh, by 3 o'clock tomorrow uh, and again we'll bring that table up on Monday but again just getting all the, the house in order first so we'll touch on the uh, SPL predictor so there was one during the week. Now, Stephen's not sent me the graphic for the updated table, so I'm just going to read it off my phone, uh, which gives me great pleasure because uh, I'm at the top on 41 points, uh, followed closely by James and Stephen, who are both on 40. Uh, Willie is in 36. Uh, Mr McGinty, who was flying high, is now mid-table on 35. It's dropped like a stone. Hopefully that's what will happen to Rangers as well soon. Uh, and then we've got Gavin in 29, Franny in 23, Jed second to last on 23 as well. And Anthony, who is in the top 10 in the Super 6, is languishing on 21 at the very bottom of the table. Um, so that's that. But uh, I'll just quickly get through all this first. We'll touch on our predictions for the weekend coming up. Um, so we've got Williams first. That should come up on the screen, but it doesn't seem to be. <laughs> Aye, it's certainly. Is it? Aye. You're still got Paul McFarlane's comment up. <laughs> oh, aye. That's yeah, it's there it's up the now. <laughs> right. I'll go back to the comments. I can ask this. Right, Wally's... Um, Got Dundee 1, Kilmarnock 2, Hibs 2, Ross County 1, Rangers 3, Motherwell 0, St Johnston 1, Livingston 0, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 2, and I don't know, I think it's 3, he's got 3 now Celtic eh, against Hearts, I think. Um, I'm going to go and take that comment down two seconds. Or try and take it down. <laughs> eh, Fuck knows. There it's there. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, right. And then we'll go back. Right. We're getting the hang of this now. Just bear with me. Anthony, his predictions. He's got Dundee now, Kilmarnock 2, Hibs 2, Ross County now, Rangers 2, Motherwell now, St Johnston 1, Livingston now, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen now, Hearts now, Celtic 2. And then we've got McGinty. Uh, Dundee now. Kilmarnock 1, Hibs 2, Ross County 0, Rangers 3, Motherwell 0. Uh, I think you probably know far off with that. St Johnston 0, Livingston 0, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 1, and Hearts 0, Celtic 3. Uh, 
and then my predictions are Hibs 2, Ross County 1, Dundee 1, Kilmarnock 1, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 0, um, St Johnston 2, Livingston 0, Rangers 4, Motherwell 0, Hearts 1, Celtic 2, Francis is Dundee 1, Kilmarnock 2, Hibs 2, Ross County 0, Rangers 3, Motherwell 1, St Johnston 1, Livingston 0, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 0, and Hearts 1, Celtic 3. James at the bottom of your screen there has went for Dundee 1, Kelly 1, Hibs 2, Ross County 0, Rangers 3, Motherwell 0, St Johnston 2, Levy 1, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 1, Hearts 1, Celtic 3. Stephen as Dundee 2, Kelly 1, Hibs 4, Ross County 1, Rangers 3, Motherwell 0, St Johnston 2, Levy 1, St Marin 2, Aberdeen 2, and Hearts 1, Celtic 2. A narrow win there. I don't know if I can, if my heart will <laughs> cope with that. Um, who's this, Gavin? Dundee 1, Kelly 1. Hibs 2, Ross County 0, Rangers 3, Motherwell 0, St Johnston 2, Livy 1, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 1, Hearts 1, Celtic 3. And then we've got Jed, finally. Dundee 0, Celtic 2, Hibs 3, Ross County 1, <laughs> them 3, Motherwell 1, St Johnston 2, Livy 1, St Mirren 2, Aberdeen 0, and Hearts 0, Celtic 3. Um, so I think that is everything covered and all that. I'll go to the comments again uh, and we'll get right into the podcast now, finally, after all that. <laughs> um, but, um, well, sorry, actually, before we go into the podcast, got one more thing that I want to touch on. Um, so my big cousin uh, is currently in the hospital. Uh, he went through a, a really big operation uh, about three weeks ago and he's Really, he's got a, a long road to recovery. Um, not sure if he, he'll be able to walk again or not as it stands, but he's just kind of a, having a bit of a struggle in the hospital now mentally. Um, so I just want to give him a shout-out in the podcast because he's a really big Celtic fan uh, and wish him all the best of luck and stay positive. And if anybody wants to uh, just put a comment or that and just to give him a wee G up because uh, he's needing it, uh, it would be much appreciated. But uh, all the best, John. Love you bits. Um, but, aye, uh, we'll move right into the podcast now. Um, and we'll start... Sorry, Ross, I don't react to what you said there. I know John, oh. so do recovery, pal. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. Aye, appreciate that, Jed. Absolutely. Um, but, aye, we'll get right into the podcast, finally. Um, there's a couple of, There's Anthony putting a wee one in there. God bless John. There are a lot of them flying in now. Dion, get well soon, John. Get well, John. Stephen, John. Monty, God bless you, son. Appreciate that, guys. Um, that'll that'll hopefully <coughs> g him up a wee bit. Um, but we'll get right into it. Uh, <coughs> I'll come to yourself first, Jed. Um, the news obviously broke the day. I've not really had much chance to to read much on it because I was working a bit later the night, a bit later than expected. But um, it's obviously come out that um, Mark Law and the boy Dudgeon 
are going to resign. I think I heard somebody mention it and maybe be on gardening leave. Um, but just your initial reaction to that news? Well, I think that's one part of the Lowell family going. Uh, I don't think people are going to be fully satisfied until them, his dad leaves as well. Um, but at the end of the day, Mark Lowell, what signs did he do? This is what we don't know. Was it his recommendations? We don't know. We really don't know. Uh, but we just hope if the rumours are true that Dermot Desmond was cracking the whip and getting the board all ship shape for the future, we just need to hope that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, to me, listen, I've been a, a defender, a, not recruitment as such, but you all know I've said, like, I don't want to judge players, but I think, like, too early, but I think on the evidence of what we've seen, uh, most of the signings, uh, James, I think you're in agreement with us. In fact, I know you're in agreement <laughs> with us that most of the signings haven't been great. And whether it's, I mean, it has to, Mark Lowell's had a big say in a lot of these signings. He has to have his head of recruitment. <laughs> so for me, I feel like this news is... It's good news and it's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully we can get, obviously, better guys that are more qualified to do the job uh, in time for next season and get these guys working and, like, making plans for the summer uh, and hopefully we have a better summer window. But, again, your initial reaction just off the back of that. I was delighted with it, mate. Um, obviously, I've been on here moaning for long enough about the, the recruitment and things like that and... As I say, I've said before, I think that was it was either three or four transfer windows. I think it was four transfer windows that he was here for. Um, and in that time, <laughs> cutting my nose to spite my face because I can want to praise a couple of them later. But overall, I think through that time, the only ones that you could kind of hang your hat on and say they've been a success is Alistair Johnson. Um, the rest of them very few, all right to terrible. Um, and I know people maybe kind of tend to cherry pick a few of the bad ones, but just overall, they're all kind of much of a muchness. There isn't a, as I say, Johnson, I say Johnson's a standout, but apart from the rest of them, they're, they're really all squad players. And I mean, you know my feelings in the recruitment in January and also in the summer. I don't think there was any need for us to sign as many players as we did in the summer. <coughs> um, and then, ironically, I felt we had to sign more players than we did in January. Um, so I, I'm, I'm delighted as a way. Obviously, no signing Miofsky in January has been the final straw, and that's that's what's seen him getting the bullet. But no, all, all jokes aside, I'm, I'm delighted. But hopefully, now we can kind of restructure, and it's no if your face fits. Hopefully, there'll be a proper recruitment process, and we will actually look to modernise um, that side of the, the club. Mm-hmm. I, I listen. I totally agree with that. Um, you can't defend the indefensible sometimes, and Mark Law was indefendable. Um, but uh, to me, Jed, I don't know what you think. Um, this this sort of move, I don't know whether, I don't know whether the resignation is off Mark Law's own back or he's resigned before he was sort of sacked, if you like. Um, but I think it, the decision, whoever decision it was, smacks it that. No matter what happens this season, if we, whether we win the league or not, listen, the fans might revolt, revolt and have a big say in it. But 
to me, it screams that uh, Rodgers will be the manager here next season, whether we win the league or not. What do you think on that? Well, I'm still a believer that if we, if we don't win the league, Rodgers won't be there. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think what this is, and this is only my opinion, what this has proved is they're trying to pacify the fans by the Lowell going, the first of many. <laughs> because if they don't, and we don't win the league, the the fans are going to be going absolutely ballistic, and there will be protest protests after protests. I mean, it's coming up what thirty years since the Celtic have changed. Um, so, and you know how successful that was. Now, I'm not saying it's getting to the stage where we we need people saying, "Oh, we get new new board members and a new owner." I mean, we'll, the guy who's a majority of shareholders is one of the richest guys in Ireland. He's a billionaire. But the way football is now, they can't put their personal fortunes in because of financial fair play. But we have money there. And I just hope that we win the league and then with the extra money we're going to be guaranteed with the new Champions League set up, we really go and make a statement in the summer and buy quality players, as we've all cried out for. Quality, quality, quality. So, aye, aye. Listen, I mean, I, I just think that, listen, obviously I hope we win the league. Uh, of course I do. Um, but I think, for me, it, they look like they're putting the building blocks in place uh, for to uh, have a better recruitment team and have a better go uh, and obviously spend money within their means. Uh, but, I don't know what you think on that, James. You think that, that that looks like obviously what I've said that Rogers will be here, uh, whether whether we win the league or not. I actually think it's a fair point, and to be honest, I I hadn't I hadn't thought of that before. Um, in terms of the Rogers side, there, I, I agree with Jed as well in the sense that <clears throat> um, if we lose the league, I think Rogers should go regardless. Um, and, and look, see if we if we do lose the league. Look, Rogers obviously being the the manager, it's is a massive part of it. But as I say, there, there is also blame elsewhere, and part of it was the the recruitment side and obviously the boardroom. But they're, they're not going to sack themselves. But um, I the, the recruitment side it was a a big part of it. And look, I, as I've said before, Rogers has flip flopped in his position, or or can a year so far. Um, but it has it has basically let us know that. He's not happy. I think if you're reading between the lines of what he's saying, you can tell that there's um, there is issues there. So, I I think what you've said is a fair point. It probably is a suggestion that Rogers will be here next season. Um, but again, as I say, at the same time, obviously we hope we're talking nonsense. We hope we're going to romp the league for here. But if if we were to lose the league, then I, I don't think he should be here regardless. Um, I, I would want him gone. But Let's not be doom and gloom. We're going to win the league. We're going to pocket the sixty million, and this new guy is <laughs> going to have all the money to spend um, in an ideal world. And if that is the case, and look, I, I sat last year with, with Gavin McGinty. Um, obviously, the feeling was a wee bit more positive at that time, but the genuine consensus, I think, among everybody, um, was that we were in a position of strength. With all the money in the bank, and we were going to go and kick on. We would have learned for history, basically, and we would have actually went and done it this time. Um, and we didn't. We had 
obviously we now find ourselves in this position again, having these conversations. But surely this time they've got to have learned from their mistakes. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. So hopefully we go and win the league and then splash of cash in the summer to kick on to the next level and have a proper go in Europe, which is obviously what was spoken about openly um, at Rogers' press conference. So I fingers crossed it's a case of onwards and upwards for here. I listen, totally agree with that and it's a good positive spin to put on it. Um I mean I, I in terms of what I've said there, I've always made the case that I understand that if Celtic don't win the league, um that it, it would be hard to see Rogers keep me's job. But that was before this move was made. Um but I always I've I've always said that if you could guarantee, which you can obviously, but if you if somebody could guarantee me that Rogers was going to be backed, certainly the way you've spoke there, James, then I would be happy to keep Rogers if even if we did God forbid didn't he win the league this season because I feel like he's not been backed and he's not been allowed to do the job at the minute to the best of his ability. But if he is backed, Jed, eh, and like I say, if somebody could tell you right now, guarantee the board would back to the way James was talking there, even if we lost the league. Would you trust uh, if he was backed for Rogers to get it right next year, or is it? It doesn't matter. He's lost the league. It's it's done. Yeah, oh yeah, I do. I think if he doesn't win the league, uh, like I, like I've been saying for weeks, guys, the majority of the players has been playing in the last three games, four games. Nine of these starters all played last season on the ranch, and. Up until the second half against Motherwell and then the game on Wednesday, we have been really poor. Really poor. And that's down to Rodgers. At the end of the day, then Buck stops with him. So if I hope I'm wrong, as I've said in this numerous times and and on the chat as well. I would want nothing more, nothing would please me more than Rodgers to prove me wrong and we go out and win the league this year. And then I'll hold my hands up and say, well done. Then he definitely gets a chance next season with the money. But, again, try with devil's advocate as well. He's couldn't miss his signing. So far, I know he's just in the door and it could be giving the guy a wee bit unjust and, and injustice, but what I've seen so far in him, it's not filling me with hope, but I hope I'm wrong with that as well. I really do. But I think is, we're all guessing. We're all guessing. <coughs> I think the, the big thing... For not even just at Celtic, but through uh, throughout Rogers' kind of full career at Liverpool and Swansea and things like that, barring a few, probably a handful of players, the recruitment hasn't really been great. Um, maybe I suppose you could argue you go it right at Leicester, but when I think here, especially here, his first time round, um, his best football was played with Ronnie Dyla's team plus Scott Sinclair, who was obviously a, a great signing. Um, at Liverpool, uh, these fair share of duds as well. So, and look, I I know obviously you've got a scouting department for that reason. Um, so I don't solely blame. Excuse me, sorry, I don't solely blame Rogers for the the players that we've signed this season. Um, I I did genuinely think um a big part of that will be Mark Cobble. Um, but I still mm-hmm. think the with the players that we've got, we should have played a hell of a lot better football than we have. Um. But obviously, up until this point of the season, I still think there's a lot more there. So, 
I, I agree with Jed, as I say. If he loses the league, he should go regardless. Um, because he, he and look, we all said at the start of the season, his job and what he's good at, his positive um, management is to improve the players as he done the last time. And to this point in the season, we, we haven't really seen that. Um, and I know I, I'm kind of talking as a doom and gloom merchant as I, as I usually do, but obviously this week's been positive, so we just hope that we can we can really kick on for here. But if we don't, and I know there's a, a bit of a feel-good factor coming back amongst us now, um, and rightly so, but if he doesn't win the league, like the league doesn't start in February, at the end of February, do you know what I mean? To this point, we've, we've not been great. Um, as I say, hopefully that's us flick the switch and we kick on now, but I would definitely, if we don't win the league, then I think he should go. Aye. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and argue against that because it's a fair enough opinion for both of you to have. Uh, I, I just think that if somebody told me the now that he was going to be backed and he could get, he, he was provided with better tools than what he had been the last two windows, then I, I would be happy to keep Rodgers because I think he's a top manager, but um, that's not me saying that you're wrong or I disagree with you. Ross, um, what's the comments? Are... Eh? Any comments on... Uh, no, they're kind of just having a bit of a chat amongst ourselves, really. Um, mm-hmm. Paul McFarlane says he would rather have you on the wing than uh, Kuhn. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind <laughs> on it either, Paul. I'd maybe give you half it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aye, there's not really much off the back of that. That's why I never brought anything up because there's not no, really it's... much coming off that. They're, they're in their own wee chat and their own wee... As James said as well, we don't want to be all doom and gloom because there has been some light at the end of the tunnel the last, especially after Wednesday night. So we've got to cling to that hope. Mm-hmm. Aye. Um, right, well, we'll park the Rogers chat now and we'll try and be, well, I've got to say we'll try and be a bit more positive and look but. There was more news came out today as well. Uh, Cal McGregor as uh, seemingly injured again. I've only read what you just put in the chat. I don't know, James. Can you enlighten us more on what the injury <coughs> is and uh, just your thoughts? Is it is it going to be a long term thing? I've not seen anything at all today. To be perfectly honest with you. Well, I always seen them talking um, at his press conference. It, to be honest, it, it sounds as if there is a chance that he could play, but he's obviously he's going to be a risk for the weekend. Um, he said it was his Achilles and his calf, but he didn't say he'd pulled anything. He just said he was feeling. He said he was feeling it. Actually, I think that was his quote. Um, and he admitted himself. Um, he, he well, sorry, he says that McGregor admitted himself when it gets to this point of the season. He tends to struggle just because he plays so, so many games. Um, but I, I, obviously, you hope he's fit. But at the same time, you don't want to risk losing him for for longer. Um, and I think we've got bodies in there, and obviously we've seen. Kelly step off the bench as well. Um, albeit we were six nil up, but he still he still looked good when he came on. Um, so the options are there. So if there is a chance that he's he's injured that he could aggravate it, then I'd be resting him at the weekend um, for the the bigger picture. I listen. I, I yeah. totally agree with that. It's it, it is about the bigger picture. Paul McFarlane comes in here. He's asking Jed. Well, he's not asking you personally, but I'll put it to you, Jed. Uh, who who replaces McGregor? Would you consider Kyogo in the ten at Tynecastle? No, I, I would. 
I would play in the middle Iwata, O'Reilly and Bernardo. That would be the three I would go for. I just think Kelly, I think Tyne Castle, he, he would get no time in the ball and absolutely destroy him. I don't, and also I think I'd be looking for a wee bit guys who's played a wee bit more this season. Hence why that I would go with that. Kyogo, look, I love the guy. I know he's been a fantastic servant to the club, but on the current form the way the team, I don't think he starts um, even in the number 10 position. But I could be wrong. He may, he may well do that, but that that's just my opinion on it. I listen. I mean, if your opinion. It's your opinion, but I, I tend to agree with it. I, I don't think if you're taking Gal McGregor out the the midfield, I don't think Kyogo's the man to replace him eh, as such. Um, but eh, I'll just put that to you as well, eh, James. I know you sort of dined out you and Willie dined out in the Kyogo in the ten <laughs> after one game. Eh, obviously, you know, laughing at that, but. Um, in terms of him coming into that midfield to replace Carl McGregor coming out? Nah, no for me. Um, I, I think he'll go with what you just said and put Bernardo in for McGregor. But see, to be honest, I would have absolutely no issue with, with Kelly playing. Um, I mean, what is he, 19 years old? He's, he's not going to really have any fear. Um, and it's a kind of a sink or swim scenario. And look, I think I've said on here before, when we've done that in the past, they've They've tended to flourish, um, albeit maybe for, for short spells and it's not really went anywhere in the long term. But I would have absolutely no issues uh, putting him in after, after back his performance in uh, Wednesday night there. Aye. I think the general consensus in the comments there, as you see, and we're bringing a few of them up, um, is that they would probably go with Bernardo. I think for me, certainly, especially at Tynecastle as well, um, is there any update in Atati? I, I think he's a... When you go he, he, no, sorry, I was just going to say, he asked about it at the press conference. I watched it just in uh, my lunch break today. And he said that... Um, he, I think he was asked if he would be back before or after the international break. And he said he would be back just before in squads, but he probably wouldn't be fit for, for 90 minutes until after the break. I don't even know when the international break is, to be honest. I think it's sort of middle of this month, um, but I'm not, I, I don't know exactly. Over there's, uh, I think that's Monty answering that end of March, possibly. Whatever date, I don't know. But um, listen, we'll move on for that. Hopefully, Cal McGregor is fit, and if he isn't, hopefully it's maybe only one week. Listen, out with Ibrox, this is probably the next fixture you don't want him to not be available for. But uh, we'll see what uh, Sunday brings. Um, but listen, we'll go back to, obviously I was on the cool-down show on Wednesday night after our game against Dundee, which was absolutely fabulous performance. Uh, totally outstanding first half. I can't remember the last time we were up 6-0 at half-time, even under Ange. Um, but I'll just uh, I'll come to yourself first, James. Uh, just we'll, we'll touch on that game just briefly. Uh, just how you you sort of overview of the game, how you felt it went in terms of the performance and that. Uh, well, I mean, if if you are happy to run one each in the second half, then then fair play to you. But <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I, I I've been been moaning. Obviously, you know in the group chat as well. I've been moaning for for weeks when we've been scraping by the games, uh, scraping past in games 
I've been saying that we need a performance. A performance is, at this time of the season is what will breed confidence. No risk rating past with injury time winners. Um, and I, I said on here a four as well, I didn't think we were capable of just flicking a switch and going a run. Um, if I'm being totally honest, that it looks after the evidence of what we've seen, it looks as if that flick gets switched, switch get flicked at half time <laughs> at First Park. Um, I, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself because at First Park we, we scored two goals in injury time and to an extent scraped past in that game as well. But that second half, it was like watching a totally different team. Um, and then the big question coming out of First Park is can we carry it into um, Dundee on Wednesday night? <laughs> and look, if I'm been totally honest, a couple of minutes into the game when Dundee had a couple of shots in a corner, I'm sitting thinking, oh no, here we go again. Right. <laughs> um, but we can uh, go that out of system right away and obviously absolutely romped it and then just took the second half off as you're right today at that point. Um, obviously avoiding any injuries and well, avoiding any injuries as McGregor gets off injured, but you know what I mean. Uh, uh, but no, I, I was delighted. And now the big question is, can we carry that into Tynecastle? And if we can carry that into, I'm not saying we're going to win seven one, but if we can carry that into Tynecastle and get a performance and a kind of slightly comfortable win, then I'll start to see the the shoots of recovery and I'll hopefully feel a wee bit a wee bit more positive um, with the, the last few remaining games. So, I delighted. It's as I say, it's what I've been asking for. Just to get a good performance, a good, solid, comfortable win. But let's let's carry it on for here. Let's go on a run and put them right under pressure now. Aye, I I think that you've summed it up really well. I think that it's too early. Um, to say right now that they've turned a corner, I think it's only a game and a half. I agree with that. Um, but as you say, if we can take it into Tynecastle and get a decent result in that and a good performance, then I think we can start looking at that. Um, I'll come to yourself, Jed, just on the, the, how you felt the game went as well. Uh, and if you think, it, uh, is it too soon to be talking? I know I've just said it, I think it is, but do you think it's too soon to be talking about we've turned a corner or are you ready to just get carried away and hopefully we can go on a run to win this league? I mean, I hope so, but I mean, I'd like to thank James because, like you say, they think the twos have been very negative at times on the, on the chat. And you have a lot of pressure off me, James, so thank you for that. <laughs> but on on Wednesday night, I think I actually put it at half-time when I was at the game on their chat that it's no rocket science. We move the ball so much quicker. And when we do that, we create chances. And that, to me, was just... Every time we went up the park, I thought, oh, we're going to get something here. And we've not had that in ages. And the fans got right behind the team on Wednesday. You could, you could, you could see that. And at half-time, I don't know, like anybody watching at home, but at the stadium, that noise for the team getting taken off was unbelievable. Honestly, it was unbelievable. I've never known that, a team getting a, an ovation like that Leaving at half time, mm-hmm. and that that's got, and I think even Brendan Rodgers commented on that. So, look, it's it. I'm a, I'm a lot more hopeful now for Sunday, especially. I mean, the Hearts got led up last week. Hibs should have beat them off the park on Wednesday night, and their fans know that. They they know that. So, if we score first on Sunday, we'll be okay because we're starting. We're starting, if we play with that same intense intensity, moving the ball like that, we will beat Hatch. 
My worry is if we play like the first half against Motherwell and let the team let them come at us, that's my only concern. But hopefully we won't we won't do that. But and then also on Wednesday I was delighted when they announced the man of the match at the stadium for Yang. I thought Yang was absolutely tremendous. When was the last time we hadn't, we've not seen a winger like that this season? You know, young boy Beck got booked and then we got the first goal when they got the foul. And then after that, you could see Beck was frightened to put a challenge in against him because Jan had him. So he did. And, mm-hmm. am I right in saying, is that the first time he's played 90 minutes for us as well? Because he's really um, I think he could be right, Jedi. Um, he usually good. comes on or he, he gets taken off. Really. So that's got to give that guy confidence moving on to, to Sunday because, look, I think he's going to be the first name in the team sheet on Sunday mm. after that performance on Wednesday night. Because even near the end of the game, he was still trying his heart out to get to get the ball into the, the you know the Dundee box for us to get another goal. So yeah, yeah. I was very came home a happy man on a Wednesday night. Took a wee we while I got home right enough, but I got home um, and it was woke up with a smile on my face Thursday morning. But I've not had that for a wee while. Aye, did you go into work and go? Do I look happy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. I mean, my office is in East Kilbride, and a lot of the guys in, in the office are all blue noses. And they're actually okay because we were just chatting in general. And I know I was just trying to be realistic. I says, look, if we if we can leave Ibrox and still only be two points behind, I think we'll win the league. And I, I, and I was trying to say, and the guys actually agreed to me, I says, the pressure is all on you now. How how you going to cope with that? Because if we go to Ibrox and score first, you're going to get in the you're going to get in your team's back big thing. And how you're going to cope with that? But look, that's that's down the line. So, Aye. but they are coming out the woodwork. I'll be honest. You know they are talking about oh, it in front of me, and I'm no biting. I'm no biting. I'm just. Aye. Keep myself quiet, and aye, you know, hopefully I'll just have the smile on my face. That'll be enough. Aye, that's if if we do go on and win this league title, I think it will be as sweet, if not sweeter than any of them. Albeit we haven't played our best football throughout yeah. the season. Um, but just touching on the game, still, James, uh, thought we scored some brilliant goals the other night. Obviously, CCV opened the scoring. Uh, then it was either. Uh, O'Reilly, Maeda, Taylor, McGregor, and then Young Kelly. Um, seven goals, seven different scorers. Great night at the office. Could have been nine had O'Reilly's volley and Palmer's effort went in. Right. But um, what was your pick of the bunch? And talk us through that one. Oh, the pick of the bunch is probably Kelly's um, in terms of just been a, a good finish. But uh, Maeda's was an absolute belter. I mean, where is he? Where's he kept that hidden since he signed for us? I know he's, he scored the he scored the cracker at Easter Road and all, but that was just a, a shot. If that makes sense, this had a wee bit of skill involved. Obviously, he's weak and a drag back for it. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we've we've had a laugh with the Miofsky thing and all that last week, but the having a physical presence up front. And look, I love Kyogo, we all love Kyogo, he's a, he's a brilliant player, but I think we've all said that 
he's no suited to a style. And Rogers can tell us the style has not changed. You can't like you what we're you can't like you what we're watching with Ray Nice. Um and on on Wednesday there, it just kind of highlighted the, the importance of, of having a physical presence up front. I mean, he does go when was the last the last time we scored a goal even similar to that? Excuse me, sorry. Um even the Carter Vickers one, it's just good to have a an actual aerial threat again. Um I, I know it wasn't a corner, but it's a free kick for it wide and generally we'll set pieces for the wide areas and corners they're not great um, it feels as if we fucking score for one every decade um, but <laughs> no you have a, a, a physical presence up front and look <laughs> I know we, I know we had a we've had a half of it and we said apart from his five goals he's done for all and see for being totally honest he, he isn't involved in the games he's not really involved at all um, in terms of like chances he holds the ball up sometimes but well, I've been critical of the signing, but five goals in five games, he's already won his six points. He's signed his goals have been worth six points. This, um, and but James, what about the head? The two headers he scored in the last two games remind me so much of Chris Sun. Aye, hundred percent. That mm-hmm. that goal at the weekend, yeah. I didn't actually realise how good a goal that was in Wednesday oh, night there until oh, I seen it again. Aye, because he's not—he's basically hit it with the back. He said he's not mm-hmm. even really looking at the goals. Um, aye, it's not, deliberate. Aye, aye, yeah. it's brilliant, and I think that's been the main difference for me, at least, anyway. And look, I, I've kind of slated him before, but I think Greg Taylor's been brilliant for you come back in. And look, maybe I've got fucking PTSD for watching Burnley try to play football for a few weeks prior, but since he's come back in, Greg Taylor's been faultless, um, and. As I say, the, the difference for me is we've we've got wingers actually playing as wingers, no trying to cut inside and basically play mm-hmm. the ten every time. And we've got full backs getting in early crosses. And obviously as you pointed out, the, the goal last week at first part comes for Taylor's I think it was Taylor anyway. Uh, yeah. Taylor's early cross. And then obviously mm-hmm. with Eda's goal for for the other side. Johnson as well looks really good on Wednesday night's probably the best he's played in ages, so Aye, as long as we keep going like that, hopefully it is a case of onwards and upwards. Yeah. Aye. Uh, listen, you've touched on Ida there, so we'll we'll come on to that. I was going to talk about it a wee bit later, but let's just talk about it now while we're on the subject, Ida. Uh, I'll come to you first, Jed. Um, so, obviously, Ida's came into the team. Kyogo looks to be out of form. Um, but do you think Ida coming in, do you think, off the back of what you've seen him, do you think he suits the style more? Do you think it, uh, in the last couple of games, certainly. Um, do you think he's he's more suited to the style, or do you think it's just a term? A, 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 it's a case of Kyle goes out of form, or do you think that just the whole team is functioning better, and it's he does just come into a, a better functioning team at the right time, or do you think it's more down to him as to why we're functioning better? To be honest, I think it's, it's a bit of both. I mean, like I said, on Wednesday night, we are moving the ball so much quicker. And we had, we had wingers who were getting the ball in. Now, like I say, the first three goals are headers. I couldn't tell the last time we'd done that. But where Ida is definitely a Rogers-type player, he's not on the same level as Dembele, but he's that physical presence where if they can change it to put the ball up, he'll he'll can hold it up a wee bit as well and I mean I love you Kyogre but I just don't think he's suited for Roger's style of play and James hit the nail right in the head Roger's saying 
we haven't changed. Well, my God, I've been at the games watching them and we have totally changed the way we are playing. Totally. Because if you watch, Franny will back me up with this. When Franny was at a, the, come, uh, a game where uh, last month, I said, Franny, watch. The centre-backs, it's like a shopping trolley. They got to a certain bit and then they can't go any further. They have to then pass it. Even though there may be space for them to go, they'll get up and then they just automatically pass it to one of the wingers. And then they run back. So the system has been different than under Ange, without a doubt. So for Rogers to say that, I do think it's pretty poor. Uh, but right. Well, sorry, can I just come back on that, Jed, a wee bit? Um, because, listen, I understand where you're coming from. But um, I think uh, when when it's like Scales or whoever's been playing alongside them, not that's not Carter Vickers, then I agree that that's what happens. And I just think that Oh, gosh, <laughs> Franny, Franny had a comment for you. Aye. <laughs> no. I, so, Franny, I, why did you agree with me again then? Because Franny's nice to your face all the time. He's, he's a half man <laughs> behind a screen. <laughs> nah, he's only having a laugh. But, um, no, in terms of that, I, I agree with what you've said. Um, but when, when Carter Vickers isn't in the team, I don't think we've got that base where we can build attacks properly. I think if he's come back into the team that last half hour at Fir Park, I think he was the big difference. Obviously, Yang played really well. He'd have got his two goals, but that guy building attacks and bringing the calmness and that base is just like invaluable to us. And I think do we? I think we changed immediately, pretty much when he came on and. The first time he gets when he gets the ball, he thinks a forward pass. Liam Scales eh, or Welsh when they were playing up together, I said it before. They passed ourselves into cul-de-sacs, and then the, the, their passing was so poor coming out for the back that they they then put themselves under pressure because they can't beat the press with a pass. And I think that made the style look because for long spells we've not had Carter Vickers, and I think listen, I'm not saying that the style hasn't changed, but that. Sort of last game and a half since Carter Vickers has come back in has been as close to Ange ball, if you like, as what we've come under Rogers. So I don't think, me personally, I don't think the, the style has changed per se, but I think the personnel have really played a big part in how slow we've played at times. I don't know if you, listen, you can come back in that, Jed. I don't know if you agree with that, James. Hey, yeah. I disagree with you, Ross. I tell him he's talking really shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I mentioned earlier, on Wednesday night, we moved the ball so much quicker. So much quicker. And there were people looking for the ball. Where in the last few games, they've not been looking for the ball. And I, I, but that coincides with Carter Vickers coming back into the team. That was no. my point. No, but no. One man doesn't just change how... Carter Vickers is still the same. He goes up and he gets to position, then he passes it. They're obviously told they can't go up further unless it's a set piece. And then they're going back in. It was because we had we had players who were willing, who were up for it on Wednesday night, who wanted the ball. Yang wanted the ball. McGregor wanted the ball. O'Reilly wanted the ball. Where a few weeks ago they were hiding. They were absolutely hiding. I remember being on after the the Hibs game and we won late on. 
I felt that, you know, they were playing with camouflage shirts on because they were hiding. But they certainly weren't hiding in the second half against Motherwell and that all the game there in, in, in Wednesday. Uh, that's that's fair enough. So, the, so then does that not say to you that's more d- desire that's been lacking rather than style? Yeah, has it has it coincided with the four Celtic players having their, their wee meeting? McGregor, well, Taylor, quite possibly, aye. And I'll try to think of the other one. Is, is it that? And they've galvanised the team rather than Rogers. I mean, we're just all get. I'm guessing. Aye. I mean, all I know is I'm happy. I'm happy with the way in the the such the last two. The, the whole of the game in Wednesday night and the second half against Motherwell has, you know, I'm looking forward to Saturday now. If we can go out with, with that intensity, we'll be fine on Sunday. But we need to keep that going. We need to keep mm-hmm. that going. The uh, mantra, uh, we never stop. Let's hope we never stop. I think... Uh, I was just going to say, James, just throw your Tottenham's worth into that. No, what you're saying with Carter Vickers, to be fair, it is, it is probably a valid point. Um, it will make a difference, of course. Carter Vickers will be more comfortable with the ball. But I, see the Scales thing? I, I don't understand it. It feels as if Scales has went through one of our players of the season and all of a sudden now he's getting absolutely battered for all angles. And look, I'm not saying you're battering them, but I just mean in, in general. Um, I, I, for me, it feels as if he's getting a bit scapegoated for the last few the last few weeks' performances. I, I think Scales has been really good this season. And even, look, I know he's maybe not been as good, but I still think he's been very, very passable the last kind of month or so, basically since we came back through the winter break. Well, I, I've, I'd say don't hear previously. For me, Liam Scales' best qualities are defensively. If you ask Liam Scales to carry the to be the one to carry the ball out for the back, you're asking for trouble. And look, we've mm-hmm. seen Navrotsky obviously come on uh, parkied against Rangers and then he was passing balls through the eye of a needle. And in fairness to him, they were coming off. So if he's more comfortable, and look, I know he said his injury problems as well, but he's not really had a look in. He comes in at Pataudry and then is at fault for the goal partially and then gets trapped for the next game. Um, so Carter Vickers coming back will, will be... Obviously helpful, he is more comfortable. But as Jed said, it's the full team. I mean, I feel as if we've all come on here at different points in the season and more <laughs> about the wingers. The wingers, weren't they playing like wingers? Like, for instance, the uh, Yang, see when Yang skipped past Owen Beck and he, dry, he pulls him back and he gets booked for it. When was the last time we had a winger that had done that in that area? We've, we've mm-hmm. no had somebody go to the byline and try and drive past a man. It's always back the way. Um, I think Iwata is making a massive difference in there as well. Um, obviously, it means we can play McGregor further forward and it makes the midfield a wee bit more solid. I think, Bern- as I've said before, Bernardo, for me, had a good four-week spell. In two of the weeks, he was on holiday for the winter break. Um, so, for me, like, I don't really get it with him either, to be honest. I know he had a wee purple patch, but he's not really shown much apart from it before or after. Um, so I, I think, as Jed said, maybe it is the kind of crisis talks, supposedly. Um, we had it half, uh, after the, was it Kmarnock a couple of weeks ago? I can't even remember. Um, 
after that. But then at the same time, I thought we were piss poor against Motherwell in the first half. So I don't know what Rogers has maybe said at half time or whatever has happened, but something is something is different. The the fullbacks, as I say, I've slagged Taylor often enough and well, I hold my hands up, he's he's playing excellently the new. Um, Johnson's been an empty jersey most of the season. I don't think it's any coincidence that basically the wide areas of the park fall back and the wingers. They look totally reinvented. And for that, I think that's more down to the manager. I don't think it's down to Carter Vickers. Um, and even up front, mm. we, we either look, and I know we're, we're covering all ground here, but for Rogers to say we haven't changed our, our style for last year. You only need to look at you only need to look at Kyogo to know that that isn't true. It's not as if Kyogo's half form; he just isn't getting the service. And the reason he isn't getting the service is because the wingers were just cutting inside; they weren't playing the early balls across the face. So, I I I just feel that there has been some sort of change tactically, albeit it's no a formation thing, but something has changed. And Carter Vickers will be a part of it, and it will help. But I definitely right. think there's more to it than that. Aye, well, certainly brings calmness to the defence. Without, a aye, doubt. without, a he doubt. definitely does. But see, on the see in terms of James, you're talking about the wingers there. Um, I, I think you've said for a while that you you felt like Brendan Rodgers was telling the wingers to come inside. Mm-hmm. And listen, I can disagree with it. But you had Palmer, who has no pace and always wants to come in, in, inside, and then the other side, um. Had like Kuhn, um, try to think, uh, Abada wasn't he playing great, and they were they were coming inside. But now, uh, the last couple of games we've obviously had Yang. You alluded it to your to it yourself there that um, he he's he takes guys on and he tries to get to the byline. He's a different type of player. Why he's not been in the team, I don't know. But to me, I, I don't think Rogers has been telling the other wingers to come inside. Previously, I think they've just been doing that because it's their game. It's more suited. No, no I, would, I would disagree with that, to be honest with you, mate. You're saying like, Yang, Yang has been in the team. The reason, if we're being honest, or if, at least I think I'm being honest, the reason that Yang hasn't been in the team is because previously when he's been in the team, he's not been good enough. He's not been starting every week, uh, except that. I think that was only six or seven start for us, but he's been coming off the bench and... I'm sure we've all at one point had a pop at him. And look, we, we went through ev- literally every single winger at the club this year, um, including Mikey Johnson, James Forrest. They've all played at, at some point or another. And if you were to ask for a standout early days, you would have said Palmer. You probably will st- still would say Palmer just because of his contributions. Um, but the rest of them, I mean, you think Mikey Johnson at Dens Park, but apart from that, there isn't really really anything. Yang looked alright against Aberdeen um, at Parkhead, I think it was just before Christmas, but by and large it's just been the same for everybody. They're cutting inside and look, if if that's happening on occasion then I can accept that it's the players, but see when it's happening for months on end that that's coming from the manager. It can't even be coming from the manager at that point, and I don't think it's any coincidence that he's went through, as I say, kind of every single winger at the club. Um, and look, we're talking as if it's totally changed. It in terms of the wingers, it's only been really the Dundee game there. Um, 
when I've noticed that any difference at Fur Park and look I'm moaning and I'm not even meaning to moan, but at <laughs> Fur Park it was maybe the it kinda early balls into the books, obviously, which we've we've got the goal for. Um but in terms of the wingers, I think they were still cutting in quite regularly. Um so hopefully going forward, as I say, they, they will play as wingers, but just to, to, to get back on Yang, for me the reason Yang hasn't been in the team is because when he's been in the team before he hasn't really staked a claim to stay in it. Aye, I, I totally agree with that. But for me, um, I think Yang's game, for me, has always been evident that he wants to take a man on and get down the outside. Right. I, I said on Wednesday night that it, it, it's been in fits and starts. It's not been consistent enough, whether that's because he's age, eh, because he's come into a new country. There's loads of different variables as to why. But um, I think over the last couple of games eh, that he's, he's came into the team and he has played with a bit more confidence, and he's linked up well with Alistair Johnson, who is now playing better. If uh, Yang comes inside, then Alistair Johnson's overlapping him, or Yang's getting making that time and his runs better because he was getting caught offside a lot, and Alistair Johnson can slide him in. Uh, and I think we've seen that. And then another side, I think obviously we're, we're playing with Maeda now over these last. And it, listen, I know it's only a game and a half, so it, it might change again. Do you know what I mean? But I think Maeda's playing on that left hand side. I think. Celtic are a better team with Maeda on the left-hand side and you've seen it uh, he was getting to the byline the other night as well which leads me on to my point that I, I don't think it's it's been totally listen, you're entitled to your opinion I don't think it's been totally Rogers telling players to come inside I just don't think that the players who he's been playing on the wings listen, Yang, as I've said Hadn't he, hadn't he been consistent enough but for the most part the players that's been available are players that want to come inside I don't think Rodgers per se is telling them to come inside because Rodgers teams in the past he's played with Sinclair on one side Patrick Roberts on the other side and they guys get down he had the, the width and he had guys getting to the byline he, he wasn't telling guys in that team to come inside which is why I, I find it really difficult to believe that that is the, the sole instruction that Rodgers has been given to the winners What's your thoughts on that, Jed? I, I don't know if it is Rogers told him to do that. I just when it, when you look at Palmer, I think he just does it because he hasn't got the pace to go down the wing. Uh, so he has cut back. Now the where Maeda has this, the pace, Yang has the pace to go past him. So the only one I could really say it is Palmer because for a winger. He's just he's not got the pace to go past them, so he has to cut back. And ninety percent of the time, he does do that. That's how. If if you're the defender against them, is always trying to push him down the wing because he knows he won't he won't try it. Mm-hmm. But I don't hey, think but... it's necessarily been Rogers who has uh, told him to do that. I just think it's it's when you're out there, all things you're making a split decision. Can I get past this guy or not? And if you're down a can, you're you're automatically going to get into your safe mode where you'll try and cut back and your stronger foot as well. Aye. So I, I mean I am taking that that you, you kinda agree with me. I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying James I, is wrong. It's just a difference of opinion. Just what you what you see, how you, you you see the game as such. Um but We'll move on to the sort of midfield. There is conundrums. Obviously, Cal McGregor's going to be out of the team. Um, before that, 
I, if Callum McGregor is in the team, well, hopefully Callum McGregor isn't going to be out of the team. We don't know for certain, but if Callum McGregor is in the team, James, and you've got Matt O'Reilly there, the conundrum over the last couple of games, I think a lot has staked a claim um, to be that third choice midfielder with without Hatati being available. Um, is he, for you, the one that we should be going with for the rest of the season? Or do you think that Bernardo is still... Do you, well, do you think... I'll put it a different way. Do you think uh, we should be playing the fixture with these types of players? And if we're at home against, with the greatest of respect, I don't know, maybe a Livingston or something, do you think play Bernardo because he's more attack-minded? Or do you think... Keep continuity and just have a lot on that team because he provides solidity. I, I mate, I'd have a lot of, regardless if we were playing fucking Bucky Thistle or Barcelona. I'd have a lot on that team with me McGregor and O'Reilly. Um, but I, I don't get the thing with Bernardo. I know, as I say, as I said earlier, four good weeks too that we had half in holiday. Um, but apart from that, as I say, prior to it, it was coming in for the Champions League games. It wasn't bad. But it just wasn't really good either. It was kind of pretty anonymous, um, and I think the last few weeks as well, it's been been similar. Um, obviously, when he when he had that wee kind of purple patch, the kind of cries of sign him up, sign him up more. And I, I didn't really buy into it at the time because I had a feel that it could just be a, a wee a wee purple patch. And look, I hope he kicks on again, and I hope we do sign him for six million at the end of the season if he does. But I just don't think I've seen enough of him. Um, to, for him to warrant a place in the team like Awat has come in the last couple of games and uh, like I know obviously as you say Vickers has come back as well but we've looked at a totally different team it's just been so much better with him in there and mm-hmm. I, I've said before as well about the Callum McGregor thing I, fucking, I think I feel as if I've been saying it for about the last four years for me McGregor's best football has played going forward when we're playing a midfield three he cannot be the deepest of that three and that, that's not to say he, he doesn't do it well, because he does, but I just think there's other people that can do it better, and we can see his qualities going forward. Obviously, he gets his goal against um, against Dundee on Wednesday night there. So, I for me, while Hitati's injured, um, that's nailed on by a country mile. I would be starting alongside McGregor and O'Reilly. Right, I, I totally agree with that uh, for all the reasons that you've stated, basically. Um, but. Well, Jed, I've said for long and weary, uh, and Stephen has as well, that we would like to see a lot in the team. We're finally seeing it. Uh, Listen, he came in, I think he played the the last game at Tynecastle and he scored, and then I think he maybe got injured, and that's why he came out of the team. I might be be wrong in that, I can't remember, but he definitely came out of the team after that, and he wasn't seen for ages. But, as I said, said for long and weary, want him in the team, but then... You, you look at it and you go, right, Hattati's no far away from coming back into the team. So if right now our strongest midfield is uh, Awata because of the solidity and it lets Cal McGregor push up one, and then you've got Matt O'Reilly, if Hattati comes back and he's fit and firing, does Awata drop out? And then we go with, well, James has made the case that the three midfielders all do the same sort of thing. Does Hattati come into that bracket as well? And does he go back into the team? And if so, who drops out? Well, if we're, if we're being honest, why why should it need to be a water that drops out? Um, because... Oh, well, McGregor, that's the question I'm asking. McGregor who, who, who had, had, should? 
decent. But yeah, he's cut. I mean, he's on his game. He's phenomenal. But there could be a possibility where you could have a Wata, a Tate and O'Reilly in the middle of the park. I don't. I think that would be quite a strong midfield. Uh, but Atati's going to take a wee bit to get back up to speed. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. do we ha- have we got enough time for him to get back up to speed? So it's. I, I do think we, we're quite fortunate in the midfield where even if McGregor's out and, and Sunday, <coughs> I do feel as though we've got cover for him. Mm-hmm. I was a bit concerned if Awata wasn't fit. And also Atati wasn't fit. But I do feel Bernardo will come in. And yeah, and you would like to keep the same nucleus of the team all the time so they get they get used to playing more. But it ain't gonna happen, I don't think, because of people will get reniggling injuries as McGregor's proved. So we're gonna have to use the squad. Mm-hmm. We're definitely but like I say, if I would like to see what the midfield would be like with Atate, Hawata and O'Reilly. See how that how that comes out. But so, and then so you, but saying that the big games we do need McGregor, so I'm basically talking myself out what I'm saying. Aye. Listen, I know what you're saying, but it's very difficult to to drop your captain, your club captain, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. albeit, listen, that, that midfield three you've rhymed off there without Carl McGregor in it, I think would be a good midfield three. But it's difficult to drop your captain. Uh, James, I'll just put the same question to yourself. Uh, when Awata, uh, sorry, when Hatati comes back, listen. Now that Awata has come into the team, it allows us probably to drip feed Hatati into the team uh, a bit. It's kind of not not as desperately. Um, but if he again, if he comes back firing, uh, who if you're going to play him, who drops out of that midfield? And why? I think just the, I think it would be a lot. I just purely for squad hierarchy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Matt O'Reilly's been a player of the season, and as you say, you're no really ever going to drop your captain. Um, but to be fair, at the same time, and look again, I know we're basing this off the back of a game and a half. But if we keep this up, then who's to say Hatati's going to walk right back into this team anyway? Um, I mean, if a lot keeps up, I, I know obviously. It was maybe a wee bit more quiet uh, for part, but oh, I, I thought it, yeah, I, I thought it was good, um, and obviously it was really good again on Wednesday night. So if he keeps that form up, then Hatati might find it hard to get back in, and and rightly so. Mm-hmm. And it's, you could kind of compare it to to the Liam Scales scenario as well. Scales came in and he looked really good, and you've got eight and a half million pounds worth of centre half on the bench that can he get in in front of him. And, Based off performances, you would you would have to say rightly so. So it, it could be it could be a, a similar situation. And look, if that is the case, Hatati's not a bad option to have coming off the bench either. Mm-hmm. Aye, right, listen, that's that's bang on. I think when Hatati is back, if as you say, if Awata keeps up the form, I just think the balance of that midfield three is really good. And it's it's very similar to if you've got a, a a settled centre-back pair that's really working. And then, like say, last season, if Starfelt was out and, I don't know, somebody was playing alongside Carter Vickers and they were doing well and it was at this point of the season, do you just put somebody back in and break up a partnership? Maybe that's a bad example because Carter Vickers and Starfelt had such a good record, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, but I, I 
again, I'll go back to it. I think it, we've got the opportunity to drip feed Hatati back in, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that Hatati's not a bad option for the bench, especially at this stage of the season. Even if he isn't fully fit and we're a game's tighter, that to bring him on to try and change the game, it's a really good option. But um, listen, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but we'll move on uh, for that game and that debate. Uh, and I'm going to do some quick fire questions uh, and keep that going. Uh, I memory serves me right, James. I don't think you've done it yet. I have not. I haven't. So it's your turn tonight. Um, so, as I say, quick fire questions. The first one isn't too quick fire, um, but the rest are. The first one uh, is just a, a question, pure and simply. What led you into supporting Celtic? My dad. Just to imagine it'll be the same for most people. Just my dad, just obviously born into it. Um, funnily enough, actually, sitting there, um, I was going through all pictures the other day and I found. Uh, pictures from our first game it was 90, May 97 so I would have been three year old so aye that, that's it mate just born into it aye like most folk I wouldn't like that to be fair you're really old mate <laughs> 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 um, so earliest Celtic memory probably coincides with that to be fair no, it is. I knew, I know my first game was against Indy United and I know it was 3 nothing. but I know that because I've looked into it since. If I'm being honest, I don't really remember much of the day. Um, but I've got vague kind of recollections of the, the Stoke the 10 season. Uh, oh, sorry, the Stoke the 10 game against St. Johnson. I've got kind of vague memories of it, but I'd be lying if I said I could remember the full thing, but that's probably the earliest I can remember. Cool. Uh, Favourite Celtic manager in your lifetime? Ange Postecoglou. I would have to agree with that. Uh, the the one that is always comes up, favourite movie? The Warriors. The Warriors? The, the Warriors. The, the, the 70s Warriors, 1979. The yep, the Warriors or the Wanderers. That's a wee bit of a less known one. But the Warriors... Oh, are... you, you were born in the, the wrong decade, James. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what player, Celtic player for the past, would you have to complement the current side? Wanyama or Arthur Boric? I'll no say Henrik Larson because everybody will say Henrik Larson. Aye, that's aye. Listen, Wanyama's a good shout, um, but probably when they get in the team for a while, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another team you have a soft spot for? Nah, I'd be lying if I said anybody, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't really look out for anybody else's results. Anybody that I've got a bet on, anybody <laughs> I've got a cut on, that's, that's my answer to that one. But I've not really got yeah. one in particular. Fair enough, just solely Celtic, which we all are. But I have a wee soft spot for Arsenal, but it's only a small spot. It's nothing <laughs> like Celtic. Um, will we win this league? Yes. Yes, yes. That was the answer I wanted. It wasn't going to be anything else, was it? <laughs> uh, hero growing up, Celtic or otherwise? Again, it's Henrik Larson. I know it's the one I've heard say, but that's who it was. Aye, that's fair enough. Uh, game of life or death, Scott Brown or Carl McGregor? 
Scott Brown, and it's not even a question. It's Scott Brown by a mile. <laughs> there you go. Uh, who's better, Kieran Tierney or Andy Robertson? I fucking thought you were going to say Kieran Tierney or Greg Taylor. Um, <laughs> Tierney. Yeah, Robertson's had the better career, but I think Tierney's a better player. I, I totally agree with that. I think injuries has hindered Kieran mm. Tierney's progression big time. Uh, or he would have had every bit as good a career as Andy Robertson, totally. And uh, finally, favourite Celtic player out with Henry Arson. I always like Stan Petrov as well. Um, but again, probably pick any of the civil team as well. Um, but Stan Petrov is always the one that kind of stood out above the rest. Yeah, he was a class act, man. He really was. Just a totally dynamic box to box midfielder. When he first came in, wasn't he sure? But uh, under Mark McNeil, White Money, that's where he played his best football and he was outstanding, money. Uh, yeah, I always remember, I was totally going off subject, but when I was I was younger, I remember we had the, it was like the green kind of total 90 top. It was the Selic badge in the middle and like the yellow night tick up here. It was the season with Zerafsky was here. Um, I'd went into the select shop and I wanted to get Stan the Man 19 on the back. Yeah, obviously, I was a lot younger at the time, so she's turning it away around the back. She's come back around and she's like, Nah, it's too, um, too many letters. It doesn't off that own. I was like, Right, I says, Just geez, I think I ended up getting Magic 7, but I get Petrov 19 on the home tap. Um, the next season we signed Jan Venegura Hesselink, and that all managed to fit on, but we'll no cast up about that. Um, <laughs> but the uh, funnily enough, it was. Literally only a couple of weeks later, um, I was in the tune. I was in the tune with my mom. And we were in next, and as I say, obviously I was all younger at the time, and I'd just got all my stuff for school, so I had pens and all that, and I was stoning Petrov nineteen on the back of the top, and fucking the big man walked across in front of us, and I was absolutely buzzing. I'm like, "Oh, go and get me sign my top, go and get me sign my top." My mom's at the upper of my back. He's out with his wife, shot him, just leave him. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get it <laughs> Oh, that's a gutter, man. Uh, I've a good story though, good story. Um, right, we'll move on for that, uh, Ro- and Ross, we'll look ahead. I, just, uh, I, I, didn't, I, I feel that old now. I think I'm on CBBS. <laughs> 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 or, or as you'll remember it, the broom cupboard, Jed. Oh, Christ! That, honestly, <laughs> I just feel as though I'm going to have to look at my bus pass. <laughs> <laughs> you would, you would join up with a, a young. Podcast. Oh, no. uh, by the <laughs> way, you fit in, you fit in like a glove, Jade. Uh, it was because you were getting done for ageism. <laughs> um, right, we'll move on for that, and we'll we we'll, we have briefly looked ahead to it, but we'll we'll do it a wee bit more in depth. Uh, I look ahead to obviously the game at Tynecastle on Sunday. Um, we've we've alluded to it. One week is a long time in football, Jed. Uh, this time last week we were, I think, was it off the back of the Kilmarnock game or were we looking yeah. toward? It, it wasn't yeah, good but... anyway, whatever point we were at. Uh, it all looks better now. Um, going into that Tyne Castle game, you've sort of alluded to it, but how do you think it will go? Uh, and what do you think you're, What do you think the starting lineup will be? Well, the starting lineup, uh, Hart, Taylor, Scales, CCV, Johnson, and midfield will be Alata, O'Reilly, Bernardo, 
Maeda, Yang and Ida will be up front. Uh, honestly guys, I think if we if we play with that quick passing again as we did on Wednesday, I think we'll win the game quite comfortable. Because Hearts, I was on Twitter just looking at some of their, their own fans' comments and they were lucky against Tibbs. So they're not, they're reeling about getting done in the five goals at Ibrox and they know they get out of jail on Wednesday night. So that's, they'll probably think, God, this is the last thing we need Celtic coming after that performance on Wednesday night. But we need to go after them from the first minute. And we've done it. We we we've had a lot of big victories at Tyne Castle over the years. So let mm-hmm. just go for it again. Aye. Like I said, I've got. If we play to our ability, there's only one winner, and it's us. Aye. Well, listen. Hearts always try harder against us, mm-hmm. but um, let's. Do, well, there's Paul McFarlane putting in three-one. Yeah. We've got Kieran Allen. He thinks it will be three-nil. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. He thinks 2-0 at half-time, 3-0 at full-time. What about yourself? What do you think the score will be? I think, I, I think did I not put 3-0 in the prediction? I think I need to check. Uh, 3-1, uh, 3-0, 3-1. But I definitely had a score in three goals. And uh, I tell you, just for a scales with a header. I don't know. Maybe. Aye, fingers crossed. Um, James, come to you. Again, feel-good factor is back. Hopefully it stays um, in terms of the game uh, and your lineup and score predictions. In terms of the, the, the lineup, I think it will be the same as Wednesday. Um, if McGregor doesn't make it, then Bernardo will come in for him. Um, I think we'll win. I think I said 3 1. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet because um, we still are, even on Wednesday, we conceded a couple of chances and Hearts have obviously got Shankland up front. Um, but I, just as Jed said, We've had a few, a fair few false dawns this season. Um, hopefully, this isn't another one. We carried it on for Fir Park into Wednesday, so let's go out and carry it on again for Wednesday and into, into Sunday. Um, hopefully, we can get, as Jed says, early go- uh, for the first goal. Sorry, first goal will be massive. Um, we'll set the tone and we'll go for the earth. We'll just get more confidence for it. So, aye, three, three, one. Hopefully, we'll be three nothing up and then a hearts will score. Um, but I three one. Hopefully it's comfortable. And as I say, if we get the result and the performance, then that's when we can start talking kind of about things being back on. <laughs> huh. Well, uh, that, that's it. We've said it earlier in the podcast that if we get a good result uh, on Sunday, then we can start saying that's definitely a corner has been turned. We've got Simon Fedeni here. I think that, I, I don't think I've seen him in the comments before. It might I might be wrong. Uh, if you're a new commenter, welcome along. But he thinks it'll be 5 2. Uh, I would take that all day, every day, and twice this Sunday. <laughs> but uh, me personally, I, I'm the same. I think it'll be the same lineup, um, albeit if Cal McGregor's fit or no, and it would be Bernardo that comes in. I think in the predictor, I went for 2 1 to Celtic. I don't think my heart could handle that. But um, if, if in the end we get the victory, I'll take it. Um, but just before we finish up, I don't know what you think of this. It was just sort of came, sprung to mind. Just a wee theory. Obviously, 
we're now playing for all the world a bit better. I'll come to you first, James. Um, now, I know it was off the back of the second half performance at Motherwell, but do you know how Brendan Rodgers had that comment with the 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 woman in the press Aye. conference? I can't remember. Jane Lewis, I think her name was. Aye, right. It's just a wee theory. It might be totally wild and out there, right? But what do you think of this, right? And the reason I say it is because when Sam Allardyce came in and took the Leeds job, he said he was, he said, like, really flippantly, but people took it so serious that he was as good as Pep and as good as Klopp eh, and all the rest of it. And then he's since came out and said he'd, he'd done it for effect to take the heat off the team. Do you think, it's probably not, but do you think possibly Brendan Rodgers had said that comment to that woman, knowing that it would be taken the way it has been? And it's, it's it's let the team go out in the Dundee game and play a bit more freely because the heat's off them and all the attention's on him. To an extent, I don't think he said the, the, the good girl thing. I don't think that's been intentional and obviously the way it was taken and things like that. But the gist of what he was saying about Will Wright or Ian, um, or Ian's story, that was meant to be his kind of mic drop moment and then he was walking out the interview and it was just these wee... He's a wee bit after it, and look, fucking the way the world is these days, man. But obviously, I mean, if the woman's coming out saying that she's no offended, and I don't think anybody in their right mind would would be offended by what was said, but people are looking to be offended on our on our behalf. So, nah, it was a bit of a storm in a teacup, <laughs> somewhere, absolutely nothing. Um, but I, I think the gist of what he was saying. Uh, was maybe designed to to take the the heat off the players, um, and the fact that it was kind of he tried to walk out the interview essentially. Well, he did walk out the interview. It was just what he concluded the interview way that that was highlighted. Um, but he, he's done it a few times um, this season. Well, in the last few weeks, where he's tried to create a bit of a, a siege mentality, which is understandable um, at this point in the season. And look, <laughs> I mean, me and Jed were on here. Well, that, certainly for myself, I, th- I think Jed was the same, but we were on here last week saying that we wanted Rogers sacked, um, which I, I, I still think at the time was fair, um, and it still could be the case in a couple of weeks, but obviously we're in a bit of a better place now. Um, so hopefully this time, as I say, we've had a fair few false dawns. He's tried to create the siege mentality, and it's not really went anywhere. Um, it always feels as if we, we can... Uh, trip ourselves up at the next game. We've managed to carry it on for first part into Dundee. Um, so, aye, let, let's just hope we can look back at the end of the season and, and say that that interview or that half-time, whatever it was, that's what sparked his own. A wee bit similar to the, the Tommy Burns season. Always mind, mind we lost to, to Motherwell at Parkhead. And I think we fell about 400 points behind and there was like two games left or something and everybody just resigned themselves to that fact that the league was away and look, if I'm being totally honest, I was that's where I was a couple of weeks ago and over for the laugh about the stages of grief and all that and I was at the acceptance stage um, if we can keep up these performances and carry it on into, into Sunday, then I'll maybe get back a couple of stages of grief um, and I'll get a wee bit of fight back in me, but Aye, it could be. Come the end of the season, it, it could be one of the things that you point to and say, aye, that was where it all turned for us, and hopefully that is the case. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. What about yourself, Jed? What do you think of that theory? But, no, I mean, maybe Ross, not the I good never, girl. I never, I never thought it from that point of view, and it could be, you know, 
he's trying to create a siege mentality. You know, Alec Ferguson is renowned for that. Um, yeah, we'll prove it. But I, I, I was looking at it more of another thing. I think he was getting the, the press in general because we all know what the press in general in Scotland are like. They've now got their heroes at the top of the league. So they're pushing that narrative that they're now the champions. Now, what, what really pissed me off about that interview, not what June, June Lewis or that said, it was the aftermath, Radio 5 Live, Channel 5, Talk Sport. I was listening to Talk Aye. Sport and Jim White wouldn't let it go, wouldn't let it go. And they brought on the next day the girl from the Scottish Feminine Society, the chairperson. Hi. It's fucking shambles up. You can imagine what she looks like. She's probably got more hair in her face than I've got. I fucking couldn't get a man. I, no matter after. Honest <laughs> and, and um, Simon. What's what's his Simon name? Jordan. 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 Tell me, Jew. Put in the place. And I mean, have you even spoke to Jane Lewis to see if she's offended? No, I haven't. So why are you spouting your nonsense? Absolute crap. Absolute crap. He didn't. And by the way, if you see on Twitter, people were pulling up a tweet that Jane Lewis done a few years ago was saying, good boy. Right. Mm-hmm. They said, and like you say, Jane, Jane Lewis says she was not offended. But you had these media outlets who were pushing their own narrative. And Jim White couldn't accept it. He couldn't excite it. Accept it, and and he even tried with Martin O'Neill as well on the Monday. Martin O'Neill said there was nothing wrong with it. But yeah, it's plunge. I'm old school. I can get away with that, but it's a bit. Imagine a pick. I bet she was ugly as sin. No one is even a feminist society. And I'm sorry that that that, <laughs> that that been said, Jed. If if we drop points at Tyne Castle. As sure as shit, we'll be on here next week calling my sexist pig and saying he should be sacked for breach of contract. <laughs> so let's keep up with it, right? I think I'm on Wednesday night or something, so I'll need to wear a dress. I'll get one of the wife's dresses or something, put that on. <laughs> just, just for more balance. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Uh, uh, right, well, move on for that. Um, uh, listen, I, I think that uh, if, if we can stay in touch and when I say that if we remain at the very worst two points behind Rangers and go to Ibrox I think we'll be okay this season but I'm not making any wild predictions I'm just going to say if we get to Ibrox and it's still two points or better we'll be okay we'll leave it at that uh, uh, Ross after the game at Ibrox or before the game if we if we get to Ibrox go into Ibrox still two points behind at worst I think we'll be okay this season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what says you is? For me, strangely enough, it's not the Rangers games that kind of give me the fear as such. It's it's every Aye. other game and it's the way it's been this season. It's uh, the games that you just expect to pretty much turn up and win that we've, we've slipped up in. Don't get me wrong, Rugby Park isn't he? Well, into that category, but like come on, look at him, St. Johnson at him earlier in the season, they kind of games. Um, that's the games where it's kind of your bankers in it, and then you've got your tricky away games, and it's been a bit flipped in its heat this season. Aye, what about yourself, Jed? Yeah, I, I mentioned earlier, that's why I asked you the question. I, I feel if 
after the 7th, I think it's the 7th of July, the 7th of April would play Rangers. I think if we come out of that worst case scenario, two points behind, I think we'll be fine. And you can guarantee when the split's done, we'll be down at Rugby Park. Without a doubt, we will be down there. So, and Aye. James is bang on. I think, you know, he has, we're more worried about some of the other teams. I think we've got to go in. Every game now is a cup final. We've got to win it. Aye. That, that's Aye. the mindset I would try and install. And they probably haven't installed that in the team now anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plunge is bang on. Aye. Yes, he's bang on. I think personally, I think you're you're bang on what you say there, Jed. Um, that every game is a cup final. I think. Well, we got ten games left. Yeah. I think if we get nine wins and a draw. I think we're champions. Well, I think that's blatantly obvious, but uh, I think we're capable not, of doing not that. Is what I mean. To... Who's the guy, David Tanner? Oh, I we David. Aye. I did die. What was it again? So, uh, if Celtic win every game, you know, they'll win the league. Aye, <coughs> and then it was all on the lines. I bet. Oh, God. But Rangers are still Sorry. in the league. Along the lines of Rangers still win the league. It was something. And that's what Aye, was it? No, if, if Celtic win nine and draw one or something, then they'll win the league. And he says, well, no, if Rangers. Aye, no, if Rangers win all the games. Aye. I know. I was, Obviously, I mate, stupid, I know. Now you wonder aye. why he's no longer employed by Sky. <laughs> aye, aye. Right, well, well, what we will we'll finish on. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. One game at a time. It's ten caps on Sunday. It's probably our toughest game before Ibrox. If we get through this, then it's it's a massive step and it could be pivotal in the championship race. But uh, we'll just finish off. I'm going to do a wee quiz. Uh, the same as what Stephen does, so it'll be shout out your answer, whoever says first. Oh, it's win. not Stephen that set the questions, is it? No, no, no. Oh, it's, sorry, it's then. Fucking and, in I'm... 1902, <laughs> who invented the golf shoe or something? Aye, aye. no, no. Next Friday. <laughs> and I've got to do it a wee bit different for Stephen because it just goes on forever. It'll be the best of five, five questions, and whoever is in the lead at the finish, at the end, the end of the five questions, is the winner. And, and that's it. Um, Simple as that. Uh, so, question one: um, Celtic clinched last season's title at Tynecastle. Who were the goal scorers? Oh, Maeda and Kyogo. Um, I'm going to give you that, Jed, because it was you got the two. It was Kyogo and O, but it was only two now. It wasn't three. I'll take that. But I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, question two. What year did Celtic beat... They're all Celtic Hearts related questions, by the way. I meant to say that. Uh, what year did Celtic beat Hearts at Tynecastle 7-0 in the Scottish Cup? 2004. No. James. I know, I can't remember if it was seven now, but I know we spanked him. I'm sure Chris Common scored a belter, so I'll go about two thousand and eleven. Very close. It was two thousand and thirteen. Got to get that. It was a good effort. Um, well, no, he got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, trying for the young team here, James. 
I thought it was higher or lower, Jay. That would have given me a. Uh, <laughs> Play your cards right. When you met, he said that about Commons. I was thinking the game when Larson and Sutton and that scored, but that was maybe five nothing rather than seven nothing. Aye, aye. I, prob- I know the one you're talking about. I think Petrov got a, a goal in that game as yeah. well. It was an early kickoff, if I remember right. Um, but uh, so, question three. Um, prof- this is a bit of an easier one, I would like to think. Um, which former Celtic player scored the winner for Hearts in a Scottish Cup semi final between the KB. sides? Yeah. Right. Fud. Absolute yeah. fud. I was spewing <laughs> that day. I was at the game. <laughs> That was at Easter weekend, so if I remember right as well. Aye. I don't think he's running for his celebration yet. Oh, man. So, but like, seeing we left that uh, game, it was me and Franny went through and he drove. I think he was working the next day. I can't remember. But uh, we got back to the motor and the, the motor wouldn't start. And it was just like this day couldn't get any worse. Fucking jumped and Craig beat his back. He would have taken you up the house, man. That was uh, the game he'd basically <laughs> done the lap around the track, wasn't it? Oh, I know. It was absolutely like it was. The, it was bad enough that we lost to Hearts in a semi final. But for him to go and do that, I Aye. thought it was scandalous the way he celebrated it. To be perfectly honest with you, Aye. considering he came through our youth ranks. But Aye. don't get me wrong. I hate honestly no celebrating against your former team and all that. I understand it, but I don't like it. But that was a bit Aye. fucking OTT. <laughs> Aye, definitely, man. Uh, right, so question four. Uh, in that, so this might this might be a tricky one, unless your memory, you've got a photographic memory, maybe. Uh, in in that same game, what was your shirt sponsor? Tenants. Hi, well done, Jed. <laughs> Well oh, done, Jed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the tenants to say, Magnus. No, I thought that? Magnus. That's my go-to beer. Ah, hi. Oh, you can't be a big pint of tenants, Jed. Uh, right, so if James gets this, then it makes it 2-2, uh, and we might need to do a tiebreaker. I didn't actually envisage that happening. <laughs> but hey, uh, right, final question. And what year did Celtic sign Stephen Presley? 2000 and... I'm trying to think after kit. Between two, we'll go 2005. 2007. Oh! It's 2006. That is, aye. That was the two I was in between as well, five or six. That was the total 90s shirt, I always mind it. You were very close with your years, James. You were two out and one out. (laughs) Um, But aye, good effort. But that's the end of the quiz, and Jed wins at 2-1. But that brings us to the end of the podcast. I just want to apologise because I've not really brought as many comments up as I would have liked to. I'm not used to it. I forgot sometimes, and then other times, I don't know what it is with this pad, but I've been clicking on the comments. You've probably seen my hand going like that all the time, and they've not been coming up. I I don't know if it's just a really slow pad or whatever, but some of them have been coming up, some of them haven't, so I've just kind of sacked it to an extent. But listen, thanks for getting involved in the comments, regardless, and if you like what you've seen and watched and heard, then hit the like button, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Uh, It's all good. But uh, again, thanks for watching. And uh, Jed, James, if you've enjoyed yourselves tonight, looking forward to another good game, hopefully. Yep, definitely. And guys, look out for a wee picture getting sent tomorrow. I'm off to Dublin tomorrow. So I'm going to get. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm going for a day. First flight. Just for a day. Me and the wife's gone. Yeah.
first flight out oh. last week. Gonna get a wee photo of pint of Guinness. Are you going oh. to Guinness Factory? Mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant, man. I'm so jealous. Gonna go, yeah. Oh, that'll be great, man. Well, and you enjoy that, Jed. Uh, James, what's your plans this weekend? Uh, nothing at all, mate. Pretty quiet one. I don't think I've got anything lined up. Um, just basically waiting for the game on Sunday, to be honest. Aye. I'm a bit like myself. Well, I'm going out a run tomorrow because I'm doing a half marathon uh, actually on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so I've got a run tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock uh, but I'll get the half marathon done in St. Patrick's Day and then treat myself to a few Guinnesses as well I think <laughs> um, but for but, now but it's, Ross, see, see on that, good luck with that because you're a better man than me <laughs> I was a better man than you before I tell you that Jed nah I'm only kidding nah, listen, on that note We'll end it. Uh, thanks for joining us and thanks for your input, guys. And again, thanks to everybody in the comments. Uh, and until Monday, stay well, keep safe. Hail, hail. Cheers.